Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the readings for this weekend, we hear about shepherds, shepherds of Israel. In fact, the leaders of the Israelite people. Now in the first reading from Jeremiah, as well as in the Gospel, we hear about good shepherds as well as poor shepherds. Go to the first reading from Jeremiah. Notice what he says. Woe to the shepherds who mislead and scatter the flock of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, against the shepherds who shepherd my people, you have scattered my sheep and driven them away. Jeremiah is not referring to shepherds that tend to animals. No, he's referring to the kings of Israel, the current king as well as past kings, and how corrupt they were. And from their corruption, they weakened the nation of Israel. Worse yet, they scattered the people away from God. Now, Israel was meant by God to be a beacon of light, that mountain in which all the nations of the world streamed up to be with God. And so the sole mission of Israel was to draw all people, all nations to God. But because the kings were so corrupt, they did just the opposite. They scattered people away from God. And so Jeremiah is chastising these kings. He's calling them to account for their behavior. Now, in order for us to truly understand and appreciate the first reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, as well as the gospel, we have to understand the Israelite history. Go back about 400 years at the time of the prophet Samuel. Here, the Israelites have just settled into the promised land. They're establishing their roots. And they're governed by a series of judges. There wasn't one authority or one king. Instead, there were regional judges that settled disputes case by case as they came about. Some of the judges you may know, Gideon or Samson. Now, during this same period, the Philistines, which was a neighboring nation, of Israel was raising up an army to attack the Israelites. Now the Israelites, in a desire to consolidate their power, went to the prophet Samuel and asked, we want to be like all other nations. Now give us a king. Now this was a very dangerous statement to make. Why? Because the Israelites were God's chosen people. God specifically intended to set the Israelites apart from all other nations for the express purpose of drawing all nations and all people back to God. Well, upon hearing this request, Samuel is opposed to it. He tells the Israelites, you already have a king, it's God, such that the Israelites live their lives according to God's plan and according to God's will 
rather than their own will. And herein lies the dilemma. God made the Israelite a holy nation to do his will. And we saw that last week with the prophet Amos, as well as the apostles. Remember last week, the prophet Amos, he tells us that he is not trained to be a prophet. He doesn't know why God picked him, but nonetheless, he trusts in God. And he says, yes, if you want me to be a prophet, I'll do it. Look at the apostles. Jesus, last week, he sent them out two by two to go out and evangelize. Were they prepared? Probably not. But nonetheless, they accepted God's will. Well, that's what the Israelite people neglect and they don't understand. Worse yet, that statement, we want to be like other nations. They're telling God they don't want to be the nation that God created or intended them to be. Instead, the Israelites want to follow their own will rather than the will of God. Again, that statement, we want to be like the other nations. Give us a king. The Israelites, they don't understand. Their identity comes from following God's will. It's just like us. Our identity as Catholics comes from following the will of God, knowing it and then following it. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is our Lord and King. He is to whom we give reverence and respect to. He is the Lord of our life. Unfortunately, the Israelites don't see that. Now, to continue on in the story, the prophet Samuel, as well as God, they warn the danger of not living by God's will, by denying their identity to the Israelites. Worse yet, the Israelites, they come to the prophet Samuel and they tell them they believe that if they have a king, the king will give them prestige and power. In answer to that, the prophet Samuel tells the Israelites they already have that. They already have prestige and power in God as their king. Worse yet, the prophet Samuel warns the Israelites, if they have a king, the king will take away the prestige and the power that they have right now. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with kings or leaders. Some nations, based upon how their government is structured, they need a king, a leader. Organizations, companies, corporations, they need leaders. The trouble is when the leaders follow their own will. Again, go back to the statement of the Israelites. We want to be like the other nations. The Israelites are rejecting God's will as well as their own identity. And see, God foresaw that. There's that watershed moment in which Samuel comes back to God. He's completely frustrated. He hasn't convinced the Israelites to change their mind. And he tells them they still want a king. God says to the prophet Samuel, they have no idea what they're asking for. And so then God acquiesces and he says, fine, if they want a king, give them a king. And that's when all the problems start. The very first king of Israel is Saul. Now, on paper, Saul seems to be the quintessential king, the perfect king. He's a very successful general. He's strong. He's articulate. But he's also incredibly paranoid, especially with David. The one thing that Saul hates about David is that David is more popular than he is. 
despite the fact that Saul is the king of Israel. The people love David more. And so Saul hatches plot after plot after plot to kill David, but he's always unsuccessful. Eventually, Saul commits suicide. The next king is David. Now, David does usher in a golden age of Israel. Israel under David becomes the economic and the military superpower of that region. But David has flaws. David commits adultery. Worse yet, he kills the husband of the person that he's having an affair with. The next king is Solomon. Now, Solomon is blessed by God with great wisdom, but he marries Jezebel, who is a priestess of the pagan god Baal. And Jezebel converts Solomon, where Solomon begins to worship Baal. Worse yet, Solomon convinces the entire nation of Israel to commit idolatry and to worship this god Baal. Now, these are just a few kings of Israel, but they all justify God's original suspicion and warnings of kings, especially when the people say that they want to be like the other nations. It's a recipe of disaster, especially in the fact that God intended them to be a nation set apart, special and holy. Well, the Israelites are denying that because of their leaders. Now, that's a great segue into the gospel. What do we see here? We see our true king, Jesus Christ. What is he doing? Well, he's training future kings, the apostles. Remember last week, Jesus, he sends the apostles out two by two on mission to go out and evangelize. Well, this week they have come back and now Jesus is excited to hear all their stories and all the good things they did. And he wants to be alone with them. Now, we do the same thing. If we have a relative, a friend, maybe a neighbor who we haven't seen for many, many weeks or years, we want to be alone with them, to hear them, to talk with them. Jesus is doing the same thing. Notice it says, When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. Well, last week, we learned about our three baptismal roles that we have to live out as priest, prophet, and king. Last week, we learned we must be a prophet. We must bring the word of God to people. Well, now we learn of our second role as king. We have to lead people back to God, back to the church. Now, many of us are already leaders, and maybe we just don't know it. Parents and grandparents, they are leaders of their family. Maybe you are leaders of your friends, maybe a leader in the neighborhood. Maybe you belong to an organization, whatever it is, and you are the leader. Well, it's important for us to be leaders, but it all starts first with following God's will, just like the apostles did. Remember the apostles, they started out as, we would refer to them as apprentices, but after Pentecost, After they received the Holy Spirit, they became kings. They became the leaders of our church. Well, the same thing holds true with us. We come to know the will of God by praying every day, going to Mass every week, engaging in lifelong faith formation. And once we know the will of God, 
like the apostles and Amos, then we do it. We follow that will. And we lead people to God and to the church, especially those people that need the presence of God in their life. And yet, it all begins with knowing and following God's will. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.